0: We put a bow on the show with retired meteorologist with the National Weather Service, Hugh Johnson, as we do on most Monday evenings and Tuesday mornings. Hey there, Hugh. How are you?
1: I'm good. It's a brisk morning in Florida, but it's uh, I'm taking a nice walk on the beach.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. It's not exactly quite beach weather here to be taking a walk in the morning, but (laughs) hey. I am happy that you get to have that opportunity. So uh, speaking of weather, I'm saying it's brisk because it's 25, let's face it. Around this time of the year, that's above normal, which is largely where we've been here throughout much of the winter. What's going on?
1: Well, again, it's been, we've been the way. The jet stream has been oriented. oriented. We've had a southwest flow we talked about this, the polar vortex has spent most of the time way up north, and uh, we've just been in an amazingly mild Pacific flow, with the exception of the the jailbreaker last week and the cold weather around Christmas. That's really been in. We've had a few, little, a few moderate snowstorms, but other than that, it's been an amazingly mild winter, that is for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, not only has it been mild, Hugh, we've also seen when these types of snowstorms and whatnot have happened. And when there have been these cold snaps, the temperature fluctuations have just been absolutely incredible. What's the cause? Yeah. That's true.
1: yeah again, because uh, the, the, the main pattern has been really a, a warm one. Um, and uh, that can, this guy's going to continue this week, but there, there are signs that, that could change. And I know we've said this before. And we, we had a little, what we call a stratospheric warming event early February when we had that one week where it got cold, okay? So it it actually helped induce that really quick shot of brutally cold air. It it looks like it would be a more substantial one and perhaps a collapse of the polar vortex which again has been wound tightly up north and that could allow that weakening of the vortex to allow for the colder air to come down and stay a while. And we could end up seeing a reversal of the weather pattern that we could actually start getting coastal loads Again, it's not etched stone, but this exact same thing happened in eighteen. We had a mild winter. Well, we were cold. We had initially very cold, and then it got very mild. We, we hit the seventies that on February. I remember that. Got, yeah. We got this. Yeah, and then we had this um, atmospheric warming event, and just as people were ready for spring, we had we got slammed with three nor'easters in March, and then it was really cold in April. April, I, in some ways, bothered me more because it, it didn't snow much, but we still. We couldn't lock the cold pattern at that point. So it's not, I'm not saying it's gonna happen exactly like that, but I, I I got kind of a bad feeling that it's gonna we're gonna be in for a little rude awakening here or if you like winter then you'll be happy. But most people by March are ready for spring.
0: <laughs> See, pitchers and catchers report for baseball season here in the next few days and to me that is yeah. when I start to get a little optimistic and looking forward to spring. So that's where I personally sit on this here. Hugh Johnson with me, Blaze Bryant on Hudson Mohawk magazine. Now, what is, how are you able to kind of forecast this far out, or at least somewhat project we could be in for a little bit of a rude awakening bef- just before spring hits?
1: Because we've, uh, we've follow this thing called, there's, uh, you look at the uh, the here above the polar vortex and, the models have gotten really good at actually seeing when there's, there's a sudden warming of that stratosphere. We're talking 50 degrees Celsius, uh, up to 50 degrees Celsius where it warms up dramatically. And what that happens is it weakens the westerlies, which is what's kind of steering the whole thing, kind of holding it together like a, like a tightly wound, uh, uh, spiral. And then mm. it kind of weakens it and that allows for the cold air to seep south and then it also produces a, a more blocky jet stream. And generally speaking, when that happens, we go into what's called a negative North Atlantic Oscillation, which we have not been most of this winter. So again, this is based on what we've seen in the past, and, and it happens six out of 10 times in a decade. It didn't happen in the 90s much. It was very interesting. When I look back, it was a, a period where it almost never happened. But And I think with, global, with climate change and global warming, it's it, because it's warming faster, the poles, that would make a tendency for it to perhaps become a little more frequent in the year, and it also seems to happen usually later in the winter than earlier.
0: Ah, so Puxatani, Phil, and the groundhogs, and you know, all the various state animals that predict these things, right. they're wrong,
1: <laughs> right? Actually, they, they said six more weeks of winter. They said, I mean, uh, not that I, I rely on a rodent, but he said six more weeks of winter, so he might be right.
0: <laughs> oh, well. I don't rely on the Rota either, uh, you know, which is partially, I wish, I wish. <laughs> yeah, one of the main reasons why we talk to you about these things. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you tend oh, to, you. yeah, well, you, you, you tend to know a little bit more than they do. Uh, oh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hugh Johnson with me, Blaze Bryant here on Hudson Mohawk Magazine. So, you kind of teed up the next topic I wanted to talk with you about, and that is the climate change and its impacts on stratospheric warming and and how it impacts things seemingly later on in the winter. You talked about how this didn't happen so much in the 90s, but we're in a different spot climate-wise, too.
1: We are indeed. We've warmed up uh, probably half a degree Celsius. Another, another correlation is sunspot activity. We've talked about this in the past. Doesn't have a, the sunspots don't have a lot of bearing on climate, but they do have some, and there is some indication that stratosphere here forming happens to warm, and the sunspots are at a minimum. I forget the exact correlation, but there is, it's there. And uh, we had a very active sunspots in the '90s. I remember we had you know very high numbers, and, and it has dropped off. It it's coming back a little bit, but a lot of people are a lot of scientists are saying we're going into what's called a marauder minimum, where we'll have very few sunspots in the next decade or so, and. Some people say that could be reverse climate change. I say no, no way. It's not going to do it. But that that definitely could be another reason for perhaps more of these solar, uh, these stratospheric warming events.
0: Very interesting. You know how this how this stuff all works. And I was just kind of thinking for a second here: the pandemic and its impacts on climate change. When people were not traveling, of course, they were a bit more positive, but. Now right. that some people are going back to the office, whether they want to, or they're being dragged back. And you have <laughs> some people like myself who are, are working from home. You know, how, how is what we have seen so far, at least in the past, I would say year, because let's face it, 2020, 2021, there wasn't a lot of office activity. In right. terms of climate change and its correlation with the stratospheric warming, right? Um, how but, we- this
1: year, but this year, there's more, right? You say more people are shooting, sure. and there's so unfortunately, one thing it does, and one particular thing that you if you look at the charts is that the CO two emissions are back up again. As you can actually see on the charts they were they dropped a little bit in 20 and 21, especially 20, and now it's back up again. We're right, and that's I talked about that a few weeks ago. It's like we're We're we're, we're talking the talk, but not walking the walk. We're still putting a lot of CO2 into the atmosphere too much. So, yeah, climate, you know, so we're still warming the earth.
0: Yeah, I mean, and we have seen all these various news stories about transit authorities talking about, oh, well, we're right back to pre-pandemic levels. That's all well and good. That's great. You know, ridership, that's money for the economy, all that good stuff. But the price that has been paid is a negative impact on the climate change.
1: Absolutely. You know, the, I, I, I'm going to say it again. The only way for pets now, at least in the short term, is to try to really ramp up the uh, technology of EVs so that they can actually be charged in minutes, not hours. I mean, they've they're come a long way, and I think if the technology is there. It's just a matter of how quickly they can deliver it to your house, you say, or, or you, right. can, you can be at your house and charge it. Okay, they can go two hundred and fifty miles on a charge, some some up to four hundred, and that's all good. But okay, so you drive four hundred miles, that's the last thing you want to do. You wanna wait a couple hours for your car to charge unless it's at your place that you're at. You don't want to be hanging around when you're ready to for sure. the day, you know, have a drink or go for a walk. So, yep. Forty five second weather forecast
0: here. The clock's getting away from us here. Okay, God, right here we go. While this week, in fact we will be up in
1: the fifties on Wednesday and Thursday. Some showers come through. Turns a little colder for the weekend, then warms up next week. So no real sign of apparent change until we get to late next week.
0: Well done, Hugh Johnson. Have a great couple of weeks. We will talk with you on uh, well at the end of the month here. All right. You too. Great.